The sports pen lives here on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Friday afternoon. Glad to have you along post-Thanksgiving. Get your Black Friday shopping done, Ryan? I, no. <laughs> I'm not a big Black Friday shopper. No? I, I, Maybe it's because I worked retail in mm-hmm. high school, in the first part of college, where I dealt with a Black Friday shopper. And now you're traumatized. And I'm, I'm traumatized, <laughs> and I decided, you know, I don't want to put anybody through that. <laughs> I'm not that kind of person. So, yeah. Although, to be honest, isn't like a lot of stores open like Thanksgiving night now? Mm-hmm. So, like, Black Friday really isn't Black Friday no, anymore. No, it starts Thursday night now. What's that about? Um, greed. Corporate, Corporate greed, greed basically, <laughs> is what it is. We can always make a few more bucks yeah, if we open. Well, well, for it, we give our employees half the day off, <laughs> and then they have to come in at night. Oh, terrible. Dander Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad to have you along. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah. Um, it was pretty good. Good mm-hmm. food. Um, just uh, pretty uneventful, though. Yeah. I mean, I uh, watched the Lions blow it. That's mm. what they do. And I watched Dallas... <laughs> Lose to the Bills. Yep. How about the Bills. That? <laughs> I mean, did anybody at the start of the year think the Bills are a playoff team? No. Who would have thought they'd be nine and three? I thought that there would be that one year. They had that one year where they ended the drought, mm-hmm. forgot to show up against Jacksonville, and then they'd go back to what they were doing again. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Josh Allen can play quarterback. <laughs> what is this? So if history serves us well. They had that fluke year a couple of years ago with Terod Taylor and then promptly let him go, which means Josh Allen is going to be a free agent body this offseason. Yep, he'll be shipped away. <laughs> if history serves us well, that's what's going to happen. So if you're interested in Josh Allen, he'll probably be out there. A brief taste of success and that, you know, that's all we needed. <laughs> That'll keep us going for another couple decades or so. Yeah, yeah. All we need is to sneak in once. We know we're not going to win a Super Bowl in Buffalo, so we'll be just satisfied with a playoff berth every 15 years or so. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad that you're along. We've got football to recap from yesterday and football to preview tomorrow. We've got some football going on right now. We've got Iowa-Nebraska on the monitor here in the studio. It's kind of a fun one. Always kind of, you know, touches me. Does... Does Iowa Nebraska they have a trophy? They do. They have the Legends Trophy, the Heroes Trophy, something like that. I just know the first year they invented it. It's you know, what they do is they take somebody from each state who's like you know a hero in the community, and they present the trophy both to the team and like dedicate it to them in a way. I think they get a like give the trophy whichever one wins gets to give it to the winning team. And I know the first year they did that. It was my neighbor. It was my neighbor from back in Iowa who represented the Hawkeyes, and he was like the county sheriff or whatever at the time. But that's how I know that they have a trophy. Interesting. The Heroes Trophy. I, Because uh, I know Iowa has one with Wisconsin. It's like a big bull. Yep. It's called the Heartland Trophy. <laughs> so uh, I didn't know if they had a trophy. I know they have this ri- the, the rivalry kind of got renewed more when Nebraska got into the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Before it was like, uh, didn't they play like periodically? Yep. It wasn't like an annual thing, though. They had more of a rivalry <clears throat> with Iowa State Nebraska did. Weird. It was weird. Like, they don't have beef. Like, there was no beef between those two. Iowa-Nebraska, they very much have beef between those two. Yeah, and uh, Iowa State was horrendous. For a long time. For yeah. a long time. So it's like they play each other in the Big 12, and then Nebraska <laughs> would throttle them, and then they would call this a, quote, rivalry. It's uh, it's just... Rivalry games are weird. It's like they're either really, really heated and really competitive, or there's one side that basically pummels the other one, mm-hmm. and that... But the other team like thinks it's a rivalry and they'll get up for it. Where the other one is like, okay, we'll go play this game and you know we're gonna win. So, so Ohio State, Michigan, oof, <laughs> cut into the core here. We get to see that one tomorrow. I love this weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend transition seamlessly into rivalry weekend for college football. You've got teams trying to get bowl eligible. You got playoff positioning on the line. There's a lot to play for. In just more than bragging rights going into this weekend. No, you got Michigan, Ohio State. You know Minnesota's trying to get into the Big Ten championship yes. game against Wisconsin, who's also trying to get into the Big Ten championship <laughs> game. Probably the most, uh, the biggest Minnesota Wisconsin game in a long, oh, yeah. long, it's a, long time. It's a Big Ten semifinal. Yeah, before like it was for like the last fifteen years. It was hey, is Minnesota finally going to win a game? <laughs> and now it's you know. Who's going to be in the Big Ten championship game? It's going to be pretty huge. Uh, 
uh, big event in Minneapolis. I think it's kind of funny that game day is finally there, but it's Thanksgiving weekend when a good chunk of the students are <laughs> in town. Uh, but uh, it's that's a big thing. Uh, and there's other big rivalry games, too. And then mm-hmm. there's others who are trying to get <clears throat> to 6-6, six and six, yep. looking at you, Michigan State, <laughs> um, and uh, just even get into a bowl game, which... If you get a bowl berth at six and six, do you really consider that a no, successful season? No, there are season? way too many bowl games. Too many average teams are getting to play in the postseason. Uh, didn't like Fair State's coach just t- go a little uh, minor rant on that or the Did other he? day? Well, he was talking about how like D two playoffs now they're competitive because mm-hmm. every per- every team in the D two playoffs is good, right? And he's like, and then he got in D one. He goes, you got. Teams making it into a bowl game at six and six, or in some cases five and seven, and it's just like it's it's a joke. Bowl games are supposed to. I mean, I'm not a fan of bowl games, but they're supposed to be a reward. Right. And if you can't, you're struggling to win half your games. You get a reward for that. It's kind of pathetic. Your reward is playing in the Bad Boy Motors Gasparilla Bowl. Or the quick lane bowl. The quick lane bowl, or the well, actually, I guess the Belk Bowl is okay. That's you got to have like seven, eight wins for that. But what is Belk? Nobody knows. Isn't Belk like a? Isn't that like? I have no a, idea. Isn't like a clothing store? I don't know. I have no idea. A department store, and like maybe? The, in the South or something like that, because like it's Carolinas. played in North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. And then there's, I'm, I miss the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. <laughs> My dad used to say back in the day there was the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl. <laughs> I was played in the Astrodome back in the 80s or something like that. It was just, there, there's way too many. Isn't there like close to 40? Yes. Yeah. They have way too many teams there. In fact, Kent State just won today, so they end the game, or they, excuse me, they end the season on a three-game winning streak. So they're 6-6, six and six, which means there are only three spots left for teams to get to six wins and be eligible for a bowl. However, there are 11 teams who can become bowl eligible this weekend. So, there's going to be some team that, well, wasn't it one year it was, uh, like, Western Kentucky was bowl eligible for, like, the first time ever, mm-hmm. and it was a few years ago, and they got edged out for a bowl game by 5-7 and seven UCLA, <laughs> and it's just like, and it was the whole thing, well, UCLA is going to bring more money in, mm-hmm. it's like... Do any of these bowl games really make any money? <laughs> like, with the exception of the New Year's Day games? I mean, yeah, the playoff does, obviously, and, like, the Rose Bowl and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, like, if your game is before January 1st, when it's, like, the Capital One Bowl and all that <laughs> stuff, which are actually televised right. nationally, are you really making any money off of it? I mean, I remember the bowl game, it was back in the Sun Bowl, when mm-hmm. it was Oregon State Pitt, yeah. which is the worst football game I've ever watched. <laughs> 3 nothing was the final score. And I felt like a tool because I sat and watched the whole thing, hoping it would get better. It was like last year's Red Box Bowl. Yeah. Won by Michigan State. <laughs> the D'Antonio's. They have some weird bowl games, and I'm just looking at the schedule here. The Cheez-It Bowl. I mean, come on. The Cheez-It Bowl. The First Responder Bowl. Uh, let's see. The Hawaii Bowl is actually kind of cool. At some point, though, you need to like only go with the classic bowl games. Like well, the classic. Well, people said like back in the day, you know, there used to be the New Year's Day bowl games. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like, yeah. all the bowl games would be on New Year's Day. Mm. And there were maybe a grand total of ten. Yeah. And it would all be played in one day, and mm. there'd be multiple channels on it. But, like, now it's like ESPN televises a bowl game, like, was it, like, December, like, 18th? Yeah. That's when it starts. <laughs> and then they play have, like, two or three games every night until, like, the college football playoff. And think about that. Like, if you get a bowl game and you're after... Mm. January 1st. Yep. Like, you're not the playoff games. You're after January 1st. So you're in, like, the bad boy weed eater bowl or whatever, <laughs> and you're on January 3rd, okay? Nobody's paying attention no. to your bowl game at all. Mm-mm. You know, everybody's eyes on the playoffs. So who's not even going to watch your game? Your fans will probably not even watch this game. I tell you what, uh, there are going to be some games that nobody's going to tune into coming up, and there are going to be some teams that don't deserve to go to those games that no one will tune into, and there are going to be some teams. I, I wonder if we're going to have a 5-7 and seven team this year, because again, we've got 11 teams that could get to six wins this weekend, fighting for three spots. I don't think it'll happen this year, because there's so many. Mm-hmm. 
But I always think it's a travesty when it does, because it's just like, you didn't even win half your games, no. and you get to play on national television? Granted, nobody's going to watch it, no. but still, you know? I just, like, I don't know how you can, like I said, it's like you can't look at yourself and say, we finished 6-6 six and six mm. and made the Red Box Bowl and say, yes, this was a successful year. No, it wasn't. It's like... I would say if you can get to eight wins, and you're a team that typically doesn't get to eight wins, mm-hmm. that's a good year for yeah. you. Yeah, if you go eight and four, that's prob- that should be the cutoff. Yeah. That uh, could be the cutoff. Yeah. For if you points. can hit that high, and uh, yeah, that's a pretty good year for you. Now, if you're Michigan or something like that, that's like a terrible year. Right. But like, um, but yeah, I mean, if you're like, let's say, like if you are the Gophers, yeah. unlike this year, you know, eight and four is a pretty solid year yes. for Minnesota. So it's like you should... That should be where the cutoff. You have to at least to get to eight wins to be able to make a bowl game. Eight and four, you get to go to the Camping World Bowl, which where's, I shouldn't talk so much about because Notre Dame's probably going to play in that this year. Where's that one at? I think that's in Orlando. I'd love to know, like, if you if your company sponsors a bowl, mm. like, what makes you choose that bowl? <laughs> like, I can understand if it's a re- like if you're Belk mm. and let's say you're a regional store or sure. whatever. Okay, I understand. You want to be the bowl game in Carolina, but like. Buffalo Wild Wings used to have a bowl in Tempe, Arizona. It's like what made them choose that bowl. Isn't that where the Cheez-It Bowl is it now? Is. <laughs> <laughs> the Cheez-It Bowl, you want to talk about a bad bowl game. Last year's Cheez-It Bowl has got to be up there between TCU and Cal. Oh. Well, and... You know, if if I really wanted to write a column that was going to, like, I'd get a bunch of people probably emailing me supporting my decision as to write a column hating on the amount of bowl <laughs> games. Because I don't think there's a single person that I've met that says there's not enough bowl oh, games. Oh, no. 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 <laughs> you know, and from, let's see, from probably about now, you know, once college football gets over and we have the break until the bowl games, until just after Christmas when we start getting to the bowl games that matter. People care about basketball. It's college basketball's time. Exactly. And I was, another thing, you remember how people always complain that we're the generation of participation trophies? <laughs> Aren't like bowl games like the premier participation trophy? It's like, it's like we didn't, our generation didn't come up with no, that this idea. Was <laughs> this, this isn't our problem. So, this yeah. is on you guys. It, yeah. I tell you what, we got a lot of college football to get to today. We've got basketball to talk about. We've got NFL games to recap and then preview. By the way, Michigan basketball's gone final. How about them? Two top ten wins in as many days. They thumped number eight Gonzaga today, eighty-two to sixty-four. Juwan Howard and these guys might be a little bit better than we thought they would be. Well, it's interesting with Juwan Howard because I remember when he got hired, I was like, "Well, this is interesting" because mm. it's like. You know, you th- Juwan Howard never really had a whole lot of coaching experience. Did he even have any? He uh, was an assistant with the Heat. He okay. was there when LeBron was there. I think he won two titles okay. as LeBron's assistant head coach. You know, but <laughs> LeBron's assistant head coach. I love it. Very good. But it just, you know what I mean? It's like he had never really <clears throat> had a college job. You know, it was like going the whole celebrity 5-5 five, five, five thing. Okay, let's see how it works out. And he's actually doing a pretty good he job is. with it. Uh, he's... Pretty. Uh, I had my doubts because a lot of times you do that when you look at a guy and they've never coached at the college level big time and they get a big gig and it's because they're an alum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you wonder how it's going to pan out, but he's doing a great job and uh, and uh, he seems very. He's 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 really embracing being a college coach. Mm-hmm. Like he's you know he's back where he's happy and yeah. you know that kind of thing. So good for him. You know, and I want to clarify. I didn't think Michigan would have a down year by any stretch. They won 30 games last year. I still thought they'd at least get to like 25 wins and make the tournament something yeah. like that. But now they look like a team that could make a very deep run in the NCAA tournament. Right now, it's like this looks like an elite eight almost really caliber do. team. Yeah, and uh <laughs> putting Tom Izzo to shame oh, right man. now. It's like I just I, I'm, I'm glad that they're playing well because I've been kind of hoping for Michigan to get back on track when, mm-hmm. you know, Beeline took them all the way to the title game a couple of years ago. That was really cool. And then they just ran into a bus. I'm, I'm convinced if they didn't play Villanova in that game, mm-hmm. they probably would have won the national mm-hmm. championship. Yeah, I think this team is better than that team. Yeah, the way it's looking, <laughs> yeah. So it's like with college basketball, you got to have a good coach and you got to be able to recruit. And he's uh, done a pretty good job for a guy who's just coming into it. Is it an overreaction to say that Xavier Simpson has the best sky hook of anybody below six feet in the history of basketball? Is it 
would be a junior skyhook <laughs> if, if if you're that if you're under six he, feet. He's five eleven and he's got one of the best skyhooks I've ever seen. Because they used to say Magic Johnson had like the junior skyhook mm-hmm. compared to Jabbar. <laughs> But Magic Johnson's like what, like six eight yeah, or something? Like <laughs> yeah, and like, Xavier Simpson. It, imagine if he was half a foot taller. How unstoppable that guy would be! It, he's he's a great player. Yeah, he he's is. impressive to watch, and uh, I'm glad Michigan's doing well. I hope they can sustain it because it's a long season, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like health is like the number one factor for everybody mm-hmm. in a team. And uh, coaches don't like to talk about that because they don't want to jinx anything, but. It really is. If your team's not healthy, you're, you're not going to contend. Exactly. No, absolutely. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Iowa, Nebraska is just about to set to start the second half. And, and it's dark. And it is dark <laughs> in Lincoln. It's dark, stormy, rainy. I've actually got a story about this stadium for when we come back on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the espn Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Glad you're along this Friday afternoon. Well, we got NFL games to recap from yesterday. We had one college game with one of the weirdest endings you'll ever see or hear about. We got the Iowa-Nebraska game here on the minor. I'm not a fan of either team. But I grew up in Iowa. I was at, I actually grew up closer to Lincoln than I did to Iowa City, so I feel like I got a connection with these teams. And we got some Josh Allen that's yeah, what we talked about here coming up. One of my favorite football memories is going to uh, the University of Nebraska's Lincoln Memorial Stadium while I was in college, and they're playing Wyoming, who of course was quarterbacked by Josh Allen. And that was a game where it was actually a seven-point game going into the fourth quarter, and Nebraska blew it open, won like 52-17. to But that was the game where Josh Allen got picked off by, I think it was Nate Gary, a Nebraska defensive back. And then Nate Gary got a flag for handing the football back to Josh Allen. And Allen just kind of like tossed it at him. Huh. So <laughs> there have been better days for Josh Allen. And one of those days was yesterday where he lit up the Dallas Cowboys 26-15. to it was a short week for Dallas. Their head coaches got called out. Everyone kind of knows it's Super Bowl or bust this year. I mean, absolutely no worse than the NFC Championship. But you probably need to get to the Super Bowl if you want to come back next year. And the Cowboys, for as good as they are, like at any position, it, try to find a weakness on the roster. You can't. They are good at every position group. But they're going to go down as one of the most undisciplined teams in the NFL <clears throat> And even, you know, Dak, who had been putting up MVP numbers the last few weeks, did not look good yesterday. Josh Allen just outplayed him, and that Bills defense, give a ton of credit to Sean McDermott, he dialed up a masterful scheme for them defensively. The Bills. The Bills did. My memories of Bills Cowboys aren't that great. No. (laughs) (laughs) Two blowout Super Bowl losses for Buffalo, Mm -hmm. but uh, is Dallas completely, like, off the map, you think, at this point? No, I still think they win the division. Mm. I just don't have trust in Philadelphia this year. Here's the thing. Carson Wentz isn't going to be the best duck-calling quarterback this season. No. Devlin Hodges. Yes. <laughs> He'll be the best quacking quarterback. <laughs> and he, he's he's got the job because he's not killing the Steelers. <laughs> that's, a, that's probably the worst endorsement for a quarterback I think I've heard. <laughs> Mike Tomlin saying we're going with Devlin Hodge because he's not killing us. It's like you're 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 doing the bare minimum as a quarterback. So there you go. As long as you're not giving us bad press or publicity, you're our guy. Yeah, you're our guy. As long as the worst thing that you're doing that people are taken out of context or taken out of the media is that you're quacking in the locker room. Yeah, that works for us. <clears throat> And Carson Wentz is right now not even outplaying Devlin Hodges. So I don't think Philadelphia is going to overtake Dallas. I still think Dallas will win that division at like 8-8. Eight and eight. Okay. And get bounced Yeah, in the first round. I mean, they, they're talented enough. I feel like they could maybe sneak out one playoff game going on the road, maybe. But they're not going to do two. No. They're not going to make a run. I actually think if they get in, they're going to lose at home in the first round. And they're going to get a home game simply because they're the only That's NFC true. East That's team. That's true. I, I didn't take that yeah, into yeah. account. Yep. Which, which <clears throat> I mean, I understand divisional champs, mm-hmm. but if you finish the year like... It's eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Do you deserve to host a playoff game <laughs> against a team that's probably ten and six and better than you are? There's something wrong there. The, we could very well see the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Vikings, the Packers, whoever doesn't win a tight division race have to go on the road and play an eight and eight Cowboys team. 
there's something wrong there. Yeah. And, and do you remember, well, and it, or it might turn out okay. Remember when uh, the Saints finished like 10 and 6 and had to go to the, <laughs> the five, what was it, the uh, 7 and 9 Seahawks? Yes. And the Seahawks just ran them over. Yes. It's like, so you never know what's going to happen, but still, it's like, it's weird to have someone finish significantly better than you and have to play on the road. <laughs> I tell you what, Dallas is getting to the point where they can accept that a coaching change is nigh. And there are going to be other changes that go along with it. Jason Garrett's just not coming back. I think his fate was pretty much sealed last night. And the only thing he can do now is get to the Super Bowl. And they're not going to do that. They're no. just not going to do that. No, it's uh, he's been there far too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be honest, if the Cowboys want to get better, Jerry Jones has to sell the team. Yes, he does. And he won't. And he won't. Same with the Lions and the Ford family. Uh, it's like, hey, I'm a terrible owner, but hey, you know, it's my team, and I'm going to run it into the ground kind of a thing. And uh, just they're just not. They had their heyday when Jimmy Johnson was there, yep. and that was it. And they haven't been the same since. Speaking of the Lions, they did fall yesterday 24-20 against Chicago, but don't let that distract you from the fact that Mitch Trubisky got outplayed by David Blau. How about that? The pride of Purdue. The pride of Purdue. <laughs> <laughs> best thing out of there since Kyle Orton. Orton can, since Kyle Orton. And Kyle Orton was uh, the best thing since Drew Brees. So it's like he's... I just... Mitch Trubisky looked good on one drive. Yes, he did. And it ended up being the game-winning drive. Mm-hmm. That was about it. So you and, can say, I mean, he was good when he needed to be. But, you know, you shouldn't have to put, for the Lions, all your hopes on the shoulders of your third-string quarterback. <laughs> who played... A lot better than a lot of people thought he was. He's pretty he good yesterday. Yeah. yeah. But still, it's like, do you really expect your third string guy to like lead you all the way? No. It's like, and he did really well. Mm-hmm. But, again, there's a reason he's the third string guy. And uh, I tell you, man, the, I... Did you hear? Did anybody protest yesterday? I had people saying on my Facebook, Lions fans, that they weren't going to watch the game out of protest <laughs> until Martha Ford sells the team. I don't know if anybody actually did that, but they were talking about it leading up to it. Well, then they missed David Blau's first career completion being a 75-yard touchdown pass. That's the second longest by a quarterback on his first career completion in NFL history. Only one to do it longer was Neil O'Donnell, 89 yards in 1991. When he was at the Steelers. And hopefully for Lions fans, that's the end of the Neil O'Donnell comparison. Yes. <laughs> I, well, he... I'm just... The Lions started the year 2-0. and mm-hmm. And won. And 2-0-1. <laughs> and they're going to miss the playoffs. Yep. How do you just completely fall apart <laughs> after starting the year 2-0-1? It doesn't make any sense to me. Patricia is not the guy, I don't believe. I don't think Bob Quinn is the guy. And the Ford family certainly is not the family to be running that team. And have never been the family that's supposed to be running that team. Maybe we need like the maybe GM needs to take it over. There you you know, go. turn into like GM yeah. field. Yeah, General Motors field. Oh, yeah, <laughs> get away the Ford stigma and just have GM field or Chrysler field or something like that. Where, by the way, they are playing state football championship yes, games they today. They're having the Division Six game. I think kick off in about five minutes here. Yeah, and I think two just ended. Two just ended. Um, Mona Shores. They won. It. Mona Shores won the. In- the interesting thing, I've been down there twice now for state, mm-hmm. and it's just the games start really early. Yeah, the first game's at ten a.m. Mm-hmm. and uh, then <laughs> they go literally all day. I I remember typing. I had to, I had to sit through the entire second game mm-hmm. to be able to get everything done that need to be in by deadline. So, but uh, it's a crazy day. Um, it's a long day, but uh, it's a good experience for everybody to get the chance to play in a NFL caliber field. I believe that Reading won the Division Eight game today. They beat Beale City, who of course knocked out Ishpeming in the quarters. Okay, huh? So how about that? Yeah, I uh, would be. Um, I always like to see if whoever wins the state championship game, if they knocked out a UP team, mm-hmm. if the UP team, especially if it was like a close game, mm-hmm. could they have beaten the team in the state? I always like to look at that. Well, the Division Seven that, that <laughs> game will give us a pretty well, good look. We'll see how that goes with Iron Mountain, which did not go well last week. Last game yesterday in the NFL, you had the Saints take down Atlanta. I like the clapback on Twitter from the Saints. They clapped back at Atlanta a few weeks ago when the Falcons upset the Saints and really handed it to them. They tweet, it's been fun, New Orleans, and the Saints go back like two weeks, find that tweet, and say, yes, it was, <laughs> as they clinch their third straight divisional crown and eliminate Atlanta from the playoffs. 
And Atlanta was thought to be a, ki- a playoff caliber team, too. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn has just got to be fired. Too. No, he's gone. He's got to be. He, he blew that Super Bowl. <laughs> he's never been the same. It's like, now, that's like his double doink. Yeah, I mean, the Bears have not been the same since last year. Atlanta hasn't been the same. The Rams aren't the same no. team that they were last year. People are saying that. It's like, if you lose the Super Bowl to the Patriots, it's like, you're not the same. With Philadelphia being the exception. But even <laughs> then, like two years later, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it's like, it's... It's weird. The Giants are the exception, I think, because the Giants will beat the Patriots and will actually have some sustained success. So. Yeah, a little bit. A little well, bit. They've uh, had one playoff trip yeah, since yeah, the last yeah. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they've uh, they've got some young guys they're excited about, so yeah. we'll see. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Packers this weekend. It's going to be ugly, but, you know, we'll see. Dan Jones, man. <laughs> Danny Dimes. I, you know, he's promising. He's yeah. not the worst guy in the world to have at quarterback. Yeah. So... I'm a, I don't know. We'll see what the future is. Hey, uh, last thing before we hit the break. The other game last night that most people aren't talking about but probably should was a college game. And we talk about these rivalries. I love the names and the trophies that go with it. The Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl last night between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Two teams that underperformed this year. No one really thought uh, the Rebels were going to do a lot this year. Expectations were pretty high for Mississippi State. So if you haven't heard this story... With four seconds left in the game, Ole Miss is down 21-14. to 14. They throw a touchdown, and they get within 21-20. to 20. So all they need is kick the PAT. Or, since you know it's your last play of the season anyway, you're not going to a bowl game, maybe go for two and get the win and have a rivalry win to cap your season. Well, they never got to have the opportunity because the receiver who caught the touchdown got down on all fours like a dog and started crawling around in the end zone and then lifted his leg to simulate a dog urinated. That was his touchdown celebration. Does it right in front of the ref who immediately whips out the yellow flag and costs his team 15 yards. They have to kick the PAT from what's essentially a 35-yard field goal now, and he misses it. So your dog urination celebration in the end zone basically cost your team that game. Was it worth it? No, it can't be <laughs> worth it. I mean, you'd hate to be that guy. I don't know. Someone should ask that guy that. You know, was it worth it for you to sit there and, you know, I mean, I mean, was it really even that great? No. I mean, it's like, are you trying to pretend you're a bulldog? Uh, right. Is that a great celebration anyway? I mean, no. You get your chance to potentially win the game for your team, a rivalry game after you've had a disappointing season, and your celebration, you choose to act like a dog and lift your leg like you're using the bathroom? It's <laughs> a horrible celebration. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand it. It's like, if you're going to go out, like, come up with something better. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it was it was terrible. Well, like I said, if Joe Buck was there, he would call it the disgusting <laughs> act and go on a minor rant about it. Oh, Joe Buck. We can do our impressions of, you know, what Booger and Tess would have. Uh, we can do what Troy and Joe would have. Everybody's got their own little signature rants. They're mini rants yeah. they could do after something. Yeah, and uh, that one as a Vikings fan will always be remembered. Joe Buck <laughs> getting way too upset over a, over Randy Moss's celebration. <laughs> like, calm down. And uh, Vikings fans hate Joe Buck simply for that for that reaction to it. Is there a fan base that doesn't hate Joe? I think he's a better baseball commentator than he is a football commentator. I personally like Joe Buck. I really do. I don't have anything against him, but I get where fan bases would not like him. <laughs> yeah, I, I do get. Uh, that. Yeah, I get why. I I don't necess- I do think he's better at baseball than he does at football. And I feel like they threw him in football because he was their baseball guy, and they needed to have somebody. But I agree with most of that. Yeah, and I but and. I'm okay with him, but I understand why people don't like him. Mm. There's are times where he's completely unemotional on big moments, and it's just... I mean, I, I think he calls a really good game. Yeah. I think when he puts his own commentary in, yeah, yeah. people start to tune off. Yeah, he's a good play-by-play guy, but mm. then, like, he'll start doing his own riff or mm. something, and then it's like, <laughs> no, just stick with what you're good at, man. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Let's take our next time out. We're going to talk about this week in college football coming up, plus the Friday funny still to come, and one bizarre sports story that's not being talked about nearly enough. Next on ESPN-UP.
Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Hope you're having a great Black Friday. Before we get to the update, we got some scores to update you on. Iowa still leading Nebraska 24-10. to That game about 10 minutes left in the third quarter. Flyers tied 1-1 with the Red Wings. Troy, trying to pull out that win. All right. Early goal scoring. 5.36 to go in first period. Nice. How about that? <laughs> Here's your Sports Center update. Bill Peters is out as Calgary Flames head coach. Peters was accused of racially and physically abusing former players when he was with the Rockford Ice Hogs. He did issue an apology and admitted his wrongdoing, but earlier today was let go from his position. Think he still has a future in the NHL? Well, logic would say no, mm-hmm. but like I told you were before the show, Dave Bliss got fu- <laughs> Dave Bliss got hired at a high school as a basketball coach after he tried to frame one of his dead players. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I, if that guy can get a job, I think there's hope for just about anybody. This is the role model for our 16, 17-year-old kids. Yes. A guy who tried to pin a murder on a dead player. <laughs> yes. Um, what else do we have here? Arizona Cardinals defensive back Josh Shaw has been suspended for the entire 2020 season for betting on NFL games. And finally, stop signs were yellow until 1954. Huh. How about that? I, I can understand why they changed it, yeah. you know, because, you know, you naturally think red is bad. Right. You know, you know it's mm. just ingrained into your head. So, yeah, it makes more sense to do it that way. That would make me think that red light, green light, the game we played as kids, was invented until afterwards, after the fact. After, after 1954. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we've got a lot of college football to talk about and games coming up this weekend. But first, one of the most bizarre sports stories that no one is talking about. Nebraska just got to take away deep. Nebraska, it might be coming back. Huskers are trying to make a comeback. That's not the bizarre story, though. Uh, Nebraska has been thoroughly outplayed, and they're starting to come back. Kind of bizarre, but the one I'm getting at is this. Nobody's talking about this enough, but earlier this week, uh, I don't want to say it's a household name. If you follow the sport, you know this athlete's name. I'm going to reveal the name in a moment, but... He was involved in a freak accident this week. Uh, It was a car accident, but not in the way you would think. Nobody was injured or anything like that. So he has a 2016 McLaren 650S that's worth $300,000. And it's in a showroom at a dealership in Houston. So earlier this week, there's like a flatbed truck that's on the highway, and it's carrying tires. Somehow... One of the tires comes free from its restraint. And this tire rolls off the truck, goes bouncing down the highway. Oncoming motorists are able to avoid hitting it through six lanes of traffic on this Houston highway. It somehow crosses the highway, rolls toward the dealership. And again, this car is in the showroom, so it's got the giant glass wall. It breaks through the wall, and the car just demolishes the car. This tire just I don't want to say it totaled because it didn't, but it caused some very serious damage to a $300,000 McLaren that was owned by none other than Trevor Bauer, who pitched for the Cleveland Indians until midseason this year and was traded to Cincinnati. And I could only imagine what his reaction was because we know he has a little bit of a temper problem. His last throw in a Cleveland Indians uniform went over the center field fence. And it's not because somebody took him yard. It's because he was upset that his coach was coming to take him out of the game and chucked the ball over the center field fence. Probably sued the Michelin company or something <laughs> like that. I just, well, whenever I'm on the road and I see one of those flatbed trucks, mm-hmm. I immediately floor it past it because I'm never secure knowing, especially if it's like a logging truck. It's like, how secure are those logs, really? How secure are those tires or whatever they got on there? And as you've seen, sometimes they're not that secure no. with that story. So that's why as soon as I come up on those trucks, I floor it past them and I don't just linger there. I mean, what are the odds this tire comes off the truck, it somehow makes it through six lanes of traffic on a highway, crashes through the glass wall, and just demolishes Trevor Bauer's car? His $300,000 car. <laughs> what are the odds? Maybe it's a karma thing or something it, like it that. It could be. You know? Power outage. <laughs> I love it. Good choice that of words there. That was the 
that was the uh, bizarre sports story that is not being talked about enough. I don't want to say it's funny because, you know, car stuff, it's, it's frustrating, it's stressful, I get that. But how does that even happen? It's just, I've never been a huge Trevor Bauer fan. It's not like I wish anything bad on him, but how does that happen? Terrible trucker planning, I would say, not <laughs> securing the load correctly, and then... Why, why do you keep in a showroom? That's my question. It's like, don't you have a house? You know? You could just... Even if you don't want to drive it, you just want to show it off, you could just still put it on your property. You could have avoided this problem altogether. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Big weekend of college football. we got a big slate of games coming up tomorrow. few that have already been played. few already in progress. But tomorrow we already talked about... Actually, we have two essential Big Ten semifinals because whoever wins, Wisconsin-Minnesota wins the West... Whoever wins Ohio State-Michigan wins the East. And honestly, I don't think there's a guarantee in either of those games. I mean, I think that Ohio State is going to beat Michigan. It wouldn't shock me if Michigan won that game, though. And Ohio State, excuse me, Wisconsin-Minnesota, to me, is just a coin flip. It really is. I uh, Going into the year, I never would have thought that Wisconsin-Minnesota would be a coin flip. <laughs> but I think it is at this point. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back because they lost to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Everybody's... Talking about, would you rather go to the Rose Bowl or go to the college football playoff? They were talking about that in Minneapolis, and I kept telling people, beat Iowa first, mm-hmm. and they lost. So we'll see if they can bounce back from that. Uh, Wisconsin probably had a lot higher hopes this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in theory, they could probably still win the Big Ten, but still, I mean, they were thinking CFP maybe, oh, possibly. Yeah. So it's like, it's not going to be the same, but they still have something to play for. And then Michigan, Ohio State, I thought Michigan was going to win it this year. Mm-hmm. I thought they were a CFP quality team. They're not. And uh, now uh, we'll see if they can finally end this drought uh, that um, their defense played so bad last year. Mm-hmm. And we'll see if they can. Now, the positive is that they're playing in Ann Arbor. Yeah. That helps. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just. And the fact that they announced that uh, Don was a semifinalist for assistant coach of the year, and I'm just like, they did this last year too, and his defense got <laughs> obliterated. It's like that killed his chance of getting the award. So it's, yeah, we'll see if that happens again. I wouldn't be shocked if Michigan does beat Ohio State tomorrow. I don't think that they're going to. The Minnesota-Wisconsin game, I who knows? Who knows? Anything could happen there. But Minnesota certainly with more to play for than Wisconsin. Now, I've always been high on the Gophers. Maybe not even high, but I've been on their bandwagon. It's no secret I've been cheering for the Gophers. I want to see them succeed. You know, and I, I've said multiple times on this show, I think they should be ranked higher. I think they should be number six right now. I think they should be ahead of Oregon and Oklahoma, excuse me, Utah and Oklahoma, I think they have better resumes. And, you know, people will say, you know, you're being a gopher homer, you're on the bandwagon. You can say that, but you, have to, you also got to say that I'm wrong. And I don't think I'm wrong in this situation, especially if they beat Wisconsin this weekend. That win, combined with the Penn State win, that should be enough to jump Oklahoma, Utah, who are playing Oklahoma State, Colorado, respectively, this weekend. And it's no guarantee that Bama beats Auburn. Minnesota very well could be number five by this this time next week. I think if they actually end up winning the Big Ten, they'll end up getting into the they, playoff. They, I do <clears> believe <throat> they control their own destiny. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, but it's interesting. As a growing up in Minnesota, you're used to the Gophers not getting the job done. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I'd like I'd love it if they did. Mm-hmm. But I'm also mentally prepared that they're probably not. <laughs> so uh, that's just. You, you get used to it after a while. I wrote a column about it. When you're a Minnesota sports fan, you you naturally assume that they're going to lose. And if they don't, you're pleasantly surprised yep. and you're happy. But it, it, it makes losing a little more tolerable because you expect it to happen. And uh, I wonder if that's the same for Lions fans. I feel like there's a lot of fan bases that are like yeah, that. Yeah, you're just like, okay, I know we're going to lose, but you know, if we somehow win, it'll make my day. Detroit City fans. Yeah. I think Cleveland was like that for a long time. Pretty much. A lot of markets that have just been starved for success, and they are just hoping for anything. The anti-Bostons, because those are guys that, if they're not in the championship every year, it's a wasted season, no oh, matter man. what sport. Oh, we didn't win the Super Bowl. Oh, we're te- oh, oh, it was a terrible year. Oh, oh man, we won the Super Bowl and the World Series, but we didn't make the NBA Finals and we lost the Stanley Cup. I mean, what a bunch of losers! What a bunch of scrubs we got out here. I imagine Boston sports radio after losing the cup was insane. <clears throat> These guys are awful. <laughs> oh. 
I gotta perfect my. Ac- I'm actually pretty decent That's with a pretty Boston. Good Boston accent. I got a pretty decent Boston accent, <laughs> but I'll perfect it. And maybe I'll bust it out next week or something like that. <laughs> I tell you what, other games that we're going to be keeping an eye on tomorrow. I think those are the big ones. The aforementioned uh, Iron Bowl, the game, Ohio State, Michigan, and then Minnesota, Wisconsin. Of course, there's some other ones that. We should keep an eye on going on tomorrow. I love the Civil War. You got Oregon, 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 Oregon State. State, and you know Oregon's not really playing for anything anymore. But except you know maybe a chance to be spoilers and get into the Pac-12 championship and spoil something yeah. for somebody. Uh, Notre Dame Stanford tomorrow could be a fun one. Isn't that an axe? <clears throat> it is. Uh, I think it's like a jeweled megaphone or something okay. that they play, okay. they play for. They've got a few different megaphone <clears throat> rivalries. I think that's the one with Stanford. Okay. okay. My favorite's still the jeweled shillelagh. Okay. The shillelagh's the best one. <coughs> but uh, Notre Dame-Stanford coming up. We actually have the Apple Cup here in a couple hours. Maybe it started by now, Washington-Washington State, which actually could be a pretty good game. You yeah. got a good quarterback battle in that one. Heated rivalry there. Um, Washington's have this uh, winning streak for a while, but it's always a competitive game. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, a losing streak get snapped today with Virginia beating Virginia Tech, who was a ranked team. Uh, they just, I think that was their first win in 15 years for the Who's? The Wahoos. The Wahoos. <laughs> they beat Tech, which is bad news for Clemson and the ACC because that would have been Clemson's only win against a ranked team. And Clemson's going to end the regular season with no wins against a ranked team. But, <clears throat> you know. They still control their own destiny. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean. I mean, that's the easiest thing to predict as far as the college football playoff goes. Clemson loses once. There's no path. Yeah. That's it. <clears throat> Bet I didn't think that at the start of the year. But <laughs> so, so far, Virginia Tech's fallen. Uh-huh. You know, this was a team that was like, you know, consistently in the BCS games, mm-hmm. they were, you know, seen as like, until Clemson made out sign, they were like, them and Florida State were like the kings of the ACC. Yeah. And now it's like Frank Beamer retired and it's been <laughs> just completely downhill. Well, even as recently as last year, I think they were a top 10 team. They were ranked 10th. Then they lost to Old Dominion, and then the rails just <laughs> or the track went off the rail. Whatever, what, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. The, the car went off the rails. Yes. It was terrible. And uh, yeah, I remember watching that Old Dominion game because <laughs> I was flipping the channels, and it was like 10 o'clock at night. And they're like, "Hey, upset alert!" <laughs> and it's like an Old Dominion who was an independent team. I don't mm. know if they still are, but then they were an independent team. <laughs> How sad is that? I love it. College football is just so much fun right now. Last thing, though, uh, before we go to break, Alabama has to absolutely thump Auburn tomorrow because we know this is it until the postseason for them. One way or another, they're not going to the SEC championship. Uh, LSU's already clinched that division's representation there. So this is it for Bama. This is their last chance to make a statement. And right now, they're in the outside looking in. It's, first of all, it's no guarantee they're even going to beat Auburn. I mean, Auburn's a good team. Yeah, the, it's always competitive. You know, it's Auburn gets up for it. If Bama has a chance to do something, Auburn will do everything it can to stop that. And uh, it's, you know, and we've seen Auburn take out Alabama when mm-hmm. Alabama's looking good. So it's like, it's going to be big. Who would have thought at the beginning of the year that a one-loss Bama team would be kept out of the playoffs? Or at least it looks like they're going to be. It looks like they're going to be, mm-hmm. yeah. Which because, makes me happy. Well, even if they win this game, Auburn would be their best win, would they not? I mean, an 8-4 and four Auburn team would be their best win. That's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, maybe not schedule West Carolina in November then. Yeah, it's like they, <clears throat> for reasons I don't understand, the SEC teams pick like their worst game mm-hmm. and put it like right before like <laughs> when people are really paying attention it's mm-hmm. like most people play their worst games at the start mm-hmm. as a prep for the season and people aren't paying attention then yeah now it's like okay everybody's waiting for you to win rivalry games and you're playing western carolina <laughs> or you know the university of nazareth or something like that i don't Last know the citadel yeah the citadel who beat georgia tech this year <laughs> so it's like i mean what are you doing? I don't get it. Clemson doing the same thing, scheduling a Wofford. Wofford, yeah. yes. Nice. Who's a basketball school? They are actually a basketball school, the Terriers. Yeah. And uh, they have South Carolina tomorrow, who, keep in mind, beat Georgia this year. Yes. So and can they do it again? Can the cock strike twice? And uh, the, the 
the Battle for the Palmetto State, as it's called. <laughs> Game can be heard here on ESPN UP, by go. the way. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steeg with you. Let's take our last time now. Friday Funnies next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. If you missed any of today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore, Google Play, or look up ESPNUP.com and get the on demand there. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steeg with you. Glad that you're along. Nebraska's within one score. They're driving, trying to make a game out of it down 24-17 late third. By the way, you got a kind of a fun one how this worked out. Memphis playing Cincinnati, which is essentially the group of five championship. Huh. Memphis up 17-10. Interesting. Yeah, how about that? I, I always like Memphis because they're Tiger Shirts yeah. and their helmets. It's, just, it's amazing. <laughs> Neither of those teams will have their same head coach next no. year. Mike so. Norvell and Luke Fickle are both going to have jobs at the Power 5 level next year. Question is where <laughs> this is essentially Group of Five championship to see who gets to play in a New Year's Six Bowl. Interesting. Who'll be the one Group of Five team playing on New Year's? That's still an accomplishment. It is an accomplishment. Yeah, and it's you know the stepping stone to get to the power ranks. Exactly. It's a gradual climb. I tell you what, the way we always end the week here on Fridays is with the Friday Funnies. Ryan's in with us. What do you have for us this Uh, week, Ryan? Well, I'm going to start with this, because SI did its uh, list of ten worst people to sit next to at a game. Oh, boy. They counted down from ten to one, and uh, I would have changed my list a little more. Uh, Mm -hmm. The number ten is a drunk guy. Okay. Which I put put him a little higher. I mean, if he's a friendly drunk, they're actually kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, The guy who keeps standing up was number nine. Mm-hmm. Number eight was the PDA couple, which oh. is the couple that's like frequently making out during the game. Public displays of affection. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number seven is guy who's always on his cell phone or talking on the cell phone uh, during the game. Okay. I mean, people text during games. Right. I mean, especially during baseball. But the guy who's having a full fledged conversation during a game. <laughs> um, fall ball autograph guy was six, mm. where you know the guy who shoves over the eight year olds to go get a fall ball. <laughs> um, the screamer. Uh, without a cause was number mm. five. You know, the guy who yells shoot or at games. <laughs> or if you're at an enemy hockey game, the guy who yells shoot on the power play. It's like, no. Uh, number four, I would have put him a lot higher. The smelly person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the guy who berates opposing fans was number three. Okay. Um, number two is the puker. <laughs> it's like... Is this a common thing? The guy who made this list, is he like hanging out with a lot of guys who upchuck at games or what? Number one, though, I'll agree with it. <clears throat> the marriage proposal people. Ah. Uh. I, uh, I, there's a hill, there's few hills that I'll die on. Marriage proposals at games are terrible. We just had one last week. I know. <laughs> and I shook my head through the entire thing. Why? Because people didn't come here to get their attention on you. It's like you're drawing everybody's attention to you, and you're taking a risk because there's a chance she's going to say no, you know, and you're going to get embarrassed in front of everybody. And it's like, I just don't get it. It's like, if you're going to propose, and let's say this is like a bonding experience for you, like, do it before the game, or, you know, like, why do you need to be on the Jumbotron? It's like, you're... It's terrible. I, there's there's few hills I'll die on, but marriage proposals at games are terrible. I don't want to interrupt you, but Nebraska just scored, and they just had a good trivia question I don't know the answer to. Nebraska has played every day after Thanksgiving since, I don't know, like the 1950s. I didn't catch the year. Which team have they beaten the most during that span? Um, it's got to be like Oklahoma or Colorado, doesn't it? I would think Colorado. It'd be one of those teams. Yeah. Those are the ones they play the most. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know when we get the answer. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd go at the marriage proposal on that one. I don't know. Do you have a preference? Mm, I don't know that I'd put the marriage proposal people that high. The sweaty guy, definitely <laughs> the guy wearing the jersey that doesn't quite fit, you know, with his gut hanging yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy is probably way at the top for me. Okay. Um, and then, uh, well, they had the Paw Sox. Are now the war um, minor league team mm. out of pot? Are now the war? Yeah, the Pawtucket Red Sox are now the Worcester Woo Sox. <laughs> Don't do that. Which is a happy right. face with socks. That's their mascot now, and it's like, why? <laughs> I mean, the Woo Sox. I mean, it, it is. It's like a. It's like the Walmart Happy Face logo <laughs> with 
wearing red socks. I mean, it, it's terrible. It's like that's the best you could come up with. That ballpark has made a few appearances in some Family Guy episodes. Very much so. And I wonder if we get to see that kind of. Logo uh, I'm sure. Uh, maybe this se- this <laughs> next season we'll probably see something on that. But uh, yeah, come up with a better name or the a better mascot. Socks. The Woo Sox. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, as everybody knows, uh, mm. in his game against the Lions, uh, led the drive for the game-winning field goal and was taking selfies with fans. Come on. After it happened, so he wasn't out there to take the final snap. They had to bring in Case Keenum <laughs> off the bench to go take the final snap because he was off taking photos with the fans after winning the game. It's a bad look. It's a bad look. Uh, Bill Callahan, who on a side note, there's another funny to go with the Redskins in a second, but was not a fan of it. And then you have Joe Theismann, who went on a little rant about it, saying he was terrible. So Dwayne Haskins looks like a fool. And then the Redskins decided we're going to also look foolish in the fact that they asked Bill Callahan about the idea of having an analytics department. Mm. And he said, that could be a good idea. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. So everybody else has been doing this for quite some time, and you're the only team that isn't. Did you ever think that maybe that might be playing a slight role? That and Dan Snyder. And Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder's probably the ultimate role, but, like, you got to think analytics if you're not paying attention to it, Uh, you know? Talk about another team that's not going to get better until the owners. Until Dan Snyder sends a team? No. uh, When you have fans chanting, sell the team (laughs) during the game, that should be a hint, but it never is for rich people. They're like, no, it's my team. Mm -hmm. I'll run into the ground and think I'm smart. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, as we mentioned last week, the guy with the Grey Cup, Mm. uh, the Blue Bombers Grey Cup fan, Chris Matthew, uh, this is back when Winnipeg had their long drought. Um, it was 18 years ago was the last time they won the cup. And they said, and he said it was about, <clears throat> it, their drought had been going on for 10 years at the time. And he said, you know what, I'm not going to wear pants again until they win a gray cup. So he vowed not to wear long pants and only wore shorts during that span. Except for funerals. He made an, he made an exception which for that. Which is probably good. Which is good. Um... But yeah, only wore shorts for 18 years, and right after Winnipeg won the Grey Cup, surprisingly, they blew out Hamilton, mm-hmm. who I thought had it in the bag going into it, immediately grabbed a pair of Zubas. If anybody remembers what those are, I had like a million pairs of those as a kid. <laughs> um, Zuba sweatpants, put them on, and was all happy and proud of himself because he got to wear pants. And it was a cold night. Mm-hmm. But his wife, this is the best part of the story, said, yeah, during all this time, he goes, we'll be in winter in Winnipeg. I'll have a fur coat on or a parka, and I'll be bundled up, and he'll be walking in shorts <laughs> down the street next to me, and people will just look at us and stare, and all I do is say, yep, he's an idiot. <laughs> And I thought that's the best part. It's like when your own wife thinks what you did was really stupid. <laughs> but he gets to wear pants now, so good for him. It was a great say. It's a feel-good story. It's cold in Winnipeg, so I'm yeah. happy for him. Yeah, now you get to wear pants and be comfortable. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you with that. It is 5 o'clock. Ryan, I know that you've got hockey to follow tonight. The boys are down south taking on Huntsville for the third and fourth time here at in this month, really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you have a column coming out that is personally one of my favorites. All right. It's the, yes, the uh, annual pie in the face column comes out on Saturday where I count down uh, the five people and some honorable mentions that deserve a, <clears throat> a pie right in their face. So uh, I, uh, it's it's the one I get the most reaction to every year. I get at least, I always get a couple emails out of it. So uh, hopefully people enjoy that one. And then... Uh, you know, I have a feature star in Emily Papour, who's a uh, runner for Nagani. She's coming out this, uh, that'll be in tomorrow's paper. And other than that, uh, just waiting for basketball season to start. It's kind of a little bit of a lull before girls' basketball starts, but uh, it'll be underway next week. One week from today, our first basketball game of the season on ESPN-UP. For Ryan Stieg of the Mining Journal, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.